We're speaking today about Sacred Hearth, Epan, Painted Prayers to Himalayan Deities. And my guests in the studio today are two people who've been involved in bringing this exhibition to us. Prima Popkin, who is a collector and a co-curator of the exhibition, and Jaya Gupta, who has played a significant role in preserving the art form by recruiting young practitioners of Epan. The pieces in the exhibition are mostly contemporary variations on an ancient tradition. Prima Popkin, tell us about the original context. What was the function of these images? Uh, Basically, they are ritual pieces. They are made for certain ceremonies, whether it's a worship ceremony or a celebration of a festival or a celebration of a passage of time, like a naming ceremony or a wedding or a thread ceremony. The drawings or paintings originally were made in very fugitive materials. What were those materials? Mrs. Gupta, perhaps you can tell us about that. They were made generally on the floor with ochre color and rice paste. The method used were three fingers of the right hand and you dipped the fingers in the rice paste and drew the pattern. That was the original style. Some of these were made on the walls also. Some were made on wooden stools, but that was the original uh, style of uh, making airpons. Today, we have started making them in other mediums also. And originally, the idea of making an image like this on a patio or on a threshold outside of a place where a special ceremony was going to occur had a protective function? That was one of the main ideas, to invoke the gods for their protection, for security, for prosperity, and fertility, all universal goals in human life. The deities invoked are mostly certain gods that are, that are very popular in the mountains. Shiva is the god of the mountains, so he's invoked and his uh, son Ganesh is always invoked. But the most popular are the devis or the goddesses. The, they're called the three mothers or the three, three matrikas, and they're invoked in almost all occasions, which are ceremonial, definitely for weddings, but also there are occasions where they invoke within the painting the sun, the moon, the stars, and all those uh, other cosmic kind of symbols. Then the geometric symbols are very powerful triangles that are interlocking triangles, which represent, symbolize Shiva and Shakti, or male and female principles. And the basic patterns of a square, a circle, and rectangle are used to enclose spaces. In Western art, we tend to see pattern as purely decorative, but some of these geometric elements and other formal elements, uh, design, composition itself, have a particular sacred meaning here. Basically, what they're doing is they're creating a sacred space. They 
they start with a dot, just a point, which represents the ultimate cosmic power, the absolute. And then they build around it with maybe lotus petals, with maybe squares or maybe interlocking triangles. And all these represent the enclosure of a sacred space. So out of a vast chaos of space, they have actually found a place where they can say this is sacred now, having drawn that diagram. The medium itself, as it was originally conceived, was very transitory. And at one point, not too long ago, Mm -hmm. it seemed as though the art form itself and the practice of it was also transitory. It almost died out. Mrs. Gupta, you played an important role in resuscitating the art form, as I understand it. Maybe you can tell us about why Epan almost died out and what was required to bring it back. Well, I was one of many others who tried to preserve this. The fact is that the kind of life that we are living today, even in these hills, was different from the kind of life that was originally there. And people had the time to prepare such kind of paintings which could be wiped out one day and then made another day. But uh, life is not so simple anymore. And so the medium itself, uh, it was too time-consuming. And then the rest of the the factor is that we have been influenced by many other art forms, uh, which, uh, for instance, seem to be more attractive. And especially now if you have printing coming in. So one design or one pattern that you have can be printed and reprinted over and over again. You, you don't need to make it on the floor. You can have a sticker of it. You can have so many copies of it. It's not only the grandmothers now. We have to show to them that this is a, a cultural form that should be participated in. It should de- develop. It should be something which they would be proud of. How have you and the others managed to interest new generations of women in the making of Epan? Well, I must confess it is not only a question of art form. It is also a question of some kind of income which comes from that art form because art by itself uh, in these uh, places where employment is difficult or where life is not so easy, it would be it's good for them to be able to make a beautiful piece, to be proud of it and to be able to sell it also. Mm-hmm. So I started competitions for children in schools to find out how many children actually knew these art forms and from where did they get this knowledge and once I got that then I started looking around for women who had done it or were still interested in practicing but uh, the lives of women in our area are it is difficult for them they have large families to look after they have all kinds of work to do what struck me as interesting when I looked at the Epan images on view at the art museum Was there variety, uh, the different mediums that were used, and also clearly different skill levels among the practitioners? The paintings that are at the exhibition have actually only three trained artists. Mm -hmm. The others are younger women who have taken to this. So uh, 
it was never an art form that was taught anywhere except by example from mother to daughter in that way but uh, there is talk sometimes of having art schools of this kind nothing much has happened uh, we have had for instance in my own organization we have workshops where we try to teach the young people and we also try to make them understand uh, not only the pattern but the meaning of the pattern which is very important you mentioned that the financial benefits of of selling making and selling epan is has provided an incentive for mm-hmm. some of the young people who are mm-hmm. doing it this seems also a long way away from something that originated as a, as a sacred image has that sacred content evaporated somewhat from the making of these images there are many people who have criticized me for this also because they believe that they should never have gone out of the sacred hearth as such uh, however i have had to convince them that uh, the life of this art form cannot be enclosed only in this but uh, we are careful whenever we are presenting anything of this kind we are very careful never to go against the set rules is is what you're doing with the resuscitation of this art form of epan part of a larger movement in india the recovery of some of the arts that have faded into disuse oh yes, yes. Oh, yes. definitely this form of folk art actually exists all over india it exists in bengal as mm. alpana mm-hmm. it exists in the south india as kolam it exists as rangoli yes in the west the west and it is very similar although distinctive each each uh, region is distinctive there we have had a very big revival of these arts apan mm-hmm. is still in the background but there have been very many important cultural people who have had this desire to bring out these art forms the desire to find an identity to have one's own culture to have one's own form of art for wfiu's artworks i'm yael kasander